One of the greats of women's rugby in Wales is called Time and Her Career. Much more in this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Looking back on Ireland and forward to France, while Alex Cuthbert will reflect on the longest injury break of his career and how excited he is to be back. We will start with Shannon Harris. The back row has called time in her career after 14 years with Wales, 78 caps, four World Cups, after making her debut against Australia in the 2010 World Cup. The final game will be at Parker Scarlet's this weekend for Britain Thunder in the Celtic Challenge. She spoke to Welsh Press about her decision. Well, it just feels the right time for me. I'm no spring chicken at 34. And obviously, as the game is developing with professional contracts and obviously, naturally, you're one asking for more from the girls. I just feel with my career as well, it was just it was just too much to give. And quite rightly so, really. Do you mean like we talk that the squad doesn't deserve any passengers and... I just feel that now is the right time to step away from the game and then focus more towards my career and friends and family. I'm sure they wouldn't describe you as a passenger whatsoever, <laughs> but in a career that goes back to 2010, I mean, some up, you've seen it all, really, the highs and lows, yeah. being involved with World Cups, disappointments. Where do you begin to, to go over your 14-year your career? Uh, I don't know. I think this hasn't come around quickly, obviously. Uh, Maybe the last year or so I've been thinking about it. Obviously with the game changing for the right reasons. Um, when I started back in 2010, you wouldn't have even imagined that there'd be professional contracts and the game would grow the way it does. And I think it's just, like I say, I've been a part of where it started as such and how far it's come as well. And it's just great to see the development in the game. But again, for me, it's it's wrong place, right time kind of thing. Do you know I mean? It's just... If I was younger, I would have bitten hand off for a contract, but I've, there's always been that decision and that apprehension in the back of my mind that obviously I'm going into the winter of the career and I had to focus on teaching. So I don't know where to start, really. I don't know, but I think it's important for me tonight now, once I get home and stuff, that I, I just take time to myself next week or so and just reflect on everything. Are you content because there was a while back where you weren't involved? Did, did you ever think that that might be it? Yeah, no, I, I am content. It's been solely my decision and... Like I say, yeah, there was a two-year period where I thought I'd never wear the red jersey again. And the fact that I've come back and achieved what I have, and especially in that first test match against Scotland where I came off the bench and had the performance I did, I think that was a, I don't know if I'm not saying, but I think that was a good two fingers up maybe to those that, that were doubting me those two years period. So, no, I'm content that I was able to come back and just show what I was about. In what situation are you bowing out? What, what's your assessment of where we're at now? Well, for me, it's just solely, you know, I've seen how far the game has grown, how much it's developed, the support. I do still believe that there's a lot more to go. There's a lot more room for support. I think as well, you know, we have to focus on possibly the grassroots, the club game within Wales. I think that there's much room for improvement there. But with regards to the national squad, again, developments have been made. But for me, I, I'd like to see more made as well in the future. But like I said, it's, it's not my place to carry on with that now. I think I've given all I could give in the last 14 years and it's my decision. I have to thank Johan and the school itself as well, and the pupils even, because obviously without their support, I wouldn't be able to progress the way I have. But it's mad, because I was thinking back over the last 14 years, and I think since I've started teaching, I don't think I've worked a full term, because obviously I've had to take time off for Six Nations and the World Cup and stuff. And then obviously the last two years, I think 
this last half term just gone as the first school holidays I've had in two years as well, because obviously in previous holidays I was part of the World Cup pre-season, WXV, Easter holidays taken up by the Six Nations preparations, but it was just interesting actually. I, I've just come from the regional finals with my under-15s girls, and they were questioning me, why are you retiring now? Why would you teach instead of being a pro rugby player? And I just said to them, well, I'm no spring chicken, I'm 34, and they were like, Miss Ronaldo's 40, you can keep going. And I was just like, it doesn't work like that. But it's great that they can see now, obviously, the game is growing, the professionalism of it. And it's just great now that they can aspire to be a professional rugby player. But to them, I'm just a teacher. The pupils at Scott Brody are be glad to get you back full time. I don't think they'll be glad to have me back full time, but I'll definitely be glad to be back full time with them. Because I've missed a lot of experiences with them as well. So it'll be great just to be the teacher that, that's around. What would be the best moments of your career to date? Oh gosh, on the spot now. Um, there is a few. Definitely 2010, my first cap, my first World Cup. That was a great experience with great players. I think one of the highlights that stick out is the win in the 2017 World Cup against Ireland for the seventh place playoff, obviously, to help us automatically qualify for the World Cup just being. That was a great moment. And I think personally for me, like I alluded to before, following the two years I was absent, especially that first game back against Scotland. That was a highlight for me as well, personally. Did you think about giving up then? I did, yeah, definitely, because it was just so hard. And again, at that time, I wasn't content back then with how things were dealt with, how myself was treated. I did think about giving up, and it was hard back then because, you know, it is your identity. But moving forward from that, I'm glad I did come back, and I'm glad I had the support around me, and I can't thank those people enough. There was a couple, but we came back, and obviously some of them are still there, and rightly so. How many miles do you reckon you've notched up in those oh years? I don't know. I don't know how many miles I've notched up. I definitely haven't claimed all the expenses for them, otherwise <laughs> I'd be in the tropics somewhere sunbathing. But um, I don't know. It was, um, we chose to play in Worcester, a lot of us girls, and I believe that took its toll. That, that you know, Teaching a full day's work, driving up to Worcester, driving home, and that took its toll a bit, but... No, it's, it's all been worth it. And when you started in 2010, did you think the situation now, did you think that would ever happen? Or did you think, actually, it could have happened quite a few years ago? Honestly, I didn't think it would happen. Because at the time, obviously, we didn't have the support that we have now. And it's quite interesting, actually. I heard a few people say, oh, it's my dream to be professional. I'd be lying if I said it was my dream, because it was never something that I thought was attainable. I didn't dare to dream about it, if I'm honest. But the fact that it's happened, again, it's... It's bittersweet in a way, because it's great that it has, but it's just a shame that I'm not about 10 years younger. Otherwise, I would have lived here. Well, the fact of being able to keep your place while being semi-pro in a pro environment, quite proud of that the last few years. Yeah, I do take pride in that. It does require a lot of hard work, determination, and a lot more patience as well. But again, I also think it does take the energy from you. I've done it for as long as I can, and I'm proud of what I've achieved. Was there a moment that sticks in your mind where you realised, you know, I need to be in two places at once, this is impossible juggling? Yeah, it happened last year actually, uh, in the Six Nations. We were out in, in France and my girls had gone through to the National Finals Principality Stadium and obviously at the time the girls were travelling straight from France to Italy and I had to be flown back to be with the girls in the stadium, watch them play and then fly straight back out to meet the squad in Italy. Today is a great example of it. So again, my girls won the regional final today in the Ospreys region. I've come straight from there. I'm going straight back now to do um, a hockey fixture. Following the hockey fixture, I've got a parents' evening with my year eight kids. 
and then after that I'm going straight to Brython training, ready for this weekend. And I've actually, being here, I am missing my Year 7 cooking lesson. I'm supposed to be baking bread with them right now. But, um, yeah. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. That puts speaking to the media in perspective, I suppose. Quite a career she's had. But what about the men? A tough defeat in Ireland in the Six Nations. And coach Warren Gatland reflected this week. I've gone through the game with the boys and stuff. Look, cannot question the effort of the players. I said uh, afterwards we probably outmuscled a little bit, sort of both sides of the ball. And that's probably a reflection of their experience and age difference at the moment. I think three or four years older and more experienced than us. And we identified there was some opportunities that we didn't take in terms of chances to score, whether we've communicated that in well enough, whether we've scanned and, and seen those opportunities. So, yeah, there's the chances for us. So, disappointing in terms of probably the scoreline at the end of the day. But, like I said, I can't question the effort of the players that they put in some really good defensive sets and some things that we did well in terms of creating. We've just got to be a bit more accurate. They are one, if not the best side in the world, Ireland at the moment. Those collisions you, you spoke about after the game—is that a concern, or is that just where you're at at the moment? It's just where we're at. It's probably, you know, if I'm honest, look at the the two teams when they're warming up, and just probably the size and shape of that full Irish team. Um, I think 17 of the 23 have been come from Leinster, so they've got that continuity and consistency. Yeah, in terms of them being together in their preparation, they're probably quite a long way ahead of us at the moment but like I said you know it's something for us to continue to keep working hard on. Mackenzie Martin came on he has got that stature will roll in so you have a few options. Yeah I think um, some young boys who in the next couple of years are definitely going to learn from some of the experiences that, that they've had and it, it could end up being you know a big physical forward pack in uh, 12 months or so that's just a work in progress for us. Three defeats it's not where you want to be Although you have stressed this is, this is about the long term as well, what's the assessment halfway through the campaign? Yeah, look, it's, Test Match Rugby is all about winning, it's all about performing. The expectation that we have on ourselves, so, you know, a couple of close games, the first couple of games, and showed some promise, and then we come against uh, you know, probably the best team in the world at the moment. That sort of showed probably the difference between where the two sides are at the moment, so we've got an opportunity in the next couple of games to go out there to keep working hard and keep improving and, and hopefully the next two games at home we can come away with wins. Regarding the region reset, how would you react? What I was highlighting was about the importance of us for the next 10 years or whatever. We want sustainability, we want success, we need infrastructure, we need the best facilities, the best support staff that we can get in terms of whether that's coaches, medical staff, strength and conditioning and facilities and before we start thinking about anything else and that's probably where the difference was at the moment and that's what I what I highlighted about and I've continued to talk about how important those those things are and and probably the differences between us and Ireland at the moment is they've got the, their systems and structures in place and we've got uh, a little bit of a way to go and it wasn't any criticism of the coaches I know how hard they're working in terms of the regions and how hard they're trying but wasn't criticism of them, it's about all of us working together to keep improving the things that we've got here in, in Ireland and um, probably all the regions if they have a look at their structures and support 
and staff, they've probably got a, a couple of holes and things that they're working forward, hopefully to put right and, and get right for the future. And that's why I raised it. That's Sorry, I didn't raise it, I was asked the question. And I gave an honest opinion about where we're at and just how important the infrastructure is. And for me, if we don't get that right, we're potentially going to carry on doing the same things. And I'll keep reiterating, it's the most important thing. It's something that we need to get right before we think about contracting players. And that's what I meant about when I was talking about you feel like plugging the holes and stuff and, and things because you're, you're being reactive and you're trying to fix things on the run. And if they've got plans in place for the future in terms of the investment in infrastructure and facilities, that would be fantastic. And it's, it's really, really important for the game. It's the impact of the right environment, the right infrastructure, the right people, the right facilities, analysis, strength and conditioning, coaches, medical team, the right nutrition. They're going to have so much more of an impact for us long term than initially than you know, then one or two players will do in a, in a squad. So we've just got to make sure that we keep focusing on it. The pleasing thing for me is that it's it's raised discussion. These people are talking about it. Uh, and if we don't talk about it, because my concern was if we don't focus on these, these areas and discuss this and we carry on doing what we've been doing over the last number of years, then we're going to end up having the same results. What about France? Well, I think that, fairness to Italy, they, they stayed in the fight, didn't they? They... France could have been 20 points in front with the dominance that they had, particularly in that first half, and hammering away at Italy in, in, in the 22, but Italy were able to keep them out. There's no doubt that the red card had a significant influence on the game, and then Italy got stronger, and, and it looked like you know, some of those uh, French forwards looked pretty tired at the end of that first half, and then some of them in the second half as well, which allowed Italy to get back in the game. So it's, it's probably no different tactically in the past how we've played against France with having the same sort of mindset you know they're going to come at you pretty hard early on so you've got to try and negate that physical dominance and of their forwards and the huge size that they have and good line speed defensively which Italy did bring to that game and then hopefully when some of their forwards do tire a little bit that you're able to take advantage of that. I mean Dupont's a massive loss for him and we've seen some clips of him in the sevens and the impact he's already having in for France in that sevens program so it's probably leadership and experience and that ability probably for you know probably the best player in the world at the moment to be able to change a game and so you know look he's a, he's definitely a big loss for so maybe a weakness to exploit there one player who won't be involved is wing Alex Cuthbert He's just delighted to be back in action for the Ospreys, making his first start this weekend since last season's Six Nations after an appearance off the bench two weeks ago. I enjoyed the other week coming on, you know, it was just good to get a couple of minutes under the belt and obviously to get a win as well was even better. So yeah, I missed that sort of change in vibe, you know, after the game. Yeah, it was good. Great crap. How frustrating has it been? Because you've had a few setbacks, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, well... Yeah, been, you know, just frustrating really more is probably the word. But, you know, I think um, I have to give all credit to the Ospreys staff here in terms of just being patient and giving me every chance to, to get, you know, absolutely 100% right. And, you know, the last probably month or so, I've started to feel really, really good back to myself. And, um, you know, the strength and power is sort of coming back and still got some speed. And, you know, I'm just the want to come back and play, you know, been out for that long. Sometimes you can maybe lose sight of why you're coming back. But, um, you know, I was really just looking forward to being 
back with the boys and just, you know, being back in the environment. Targeting a run of games now before the end of the season, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. You know, there's still a lot to play for this season. That that was the plan, I think, when obviously when the, the last injury happened, you know, we knew from January there's still an awful lot of games to go. And obviously the boys have done unbelievably well the first 12, 13 weeks to put ourselves in a situation where we still have knockout rugby in, in Europe and obviously a good chance in within the league, all knowing that we know we've got a tough run, but the momentum is building. The injuries, was it foot and calf were the two main things? Got injured in after the Scotland game last Six Nations. It seems a long yeah. now, doesn't it? And then just obviously rushed back for the World Cup and then just probably was a bit too soon and obviously my calf then didn't quite recover in time and something happened now. So the, we just stripped it back, the Ospreys, you know, we just had uh, the physio staff here. We just stripped it back and thought, right, let's get this right. You know, we don't have a reoccurrence and a reoccurrence. So stripped it back and just started from scratch. And we figured out, you know, January time was a good time to come back with obviously just over halfway through the season and, and still a lot to play for. So yeah, it's gone really well. Done everything I can here. Club have been really good. I can't I can't actually praise them more really in terms of just um what they did to to get me back. So um yeah, feeling good, just ready to go, mate. Is that the longest you've been out during your career? Like about eleven months, I guess, wasn't it? Uh yeah, it was actually I think probably over twelve this year. But yeah, this is yeah. uh by far the longest. You know, I had a period where I was extra, had a few injuries, but they were never really long term. And the only one that felt like quite long term was probably during COVID, you know, where we didn't play for however long. So, yeah, this is very different in terms of, you know, physically, I know I'm always going to be good enough and put forward. But it, it was more mentally, I think, really for me, this one, just how long, you know, I, I'm so used to chasing getting back from injuries quickly and, and getting back involved. And for me, it was just telling myself, right, hold on, you know, I want to make sure I'm 100% so then I can stay 100%. Um, obviously, I'm very keen on just trying to get back as quickly as possible. And I miss being out there with the boys, you know, in the training room, the training. Um, yeah, it was a frustrating time, but, you know, I managed to do a lot of other things in that period, whether it was, you know, the press or off-field activities that I got involved with. So, um, yeah, I've been busy as well. Alex, was it a bit like walking to the kindergarten when you came back into the team? <laughs> it was a little bit, yeah. It was, it was mad, really. You know, we've got a lot of uh, back three at the moment, and um, I think they're all about 20, 21. So I'm a good, you know, 13, 14 years older than them. So and I'm talk- they're asking me about, like, you know, when I first started playing for Wales, and I think some of them weren't even at secondary school. So <laughs> <laughs> it does, uh, it's good, though, you know, that, that real clipping at my heels, and it makes me sort of feel a bit younger, especially some of the stories that they have from the weekends and whatnot. Keeps me going. Giving this information to these younger boys at such a young age is only going to benefit them in the, in the long term. And when you look around what they're doing at Cardiff now and the youngsters coming through with you, and there are a few talented boys in the 20s as well, do you think the future is a little bit brighter? Has Gatlin got the approach right, do you think, in terms of using the national team as a, a next stepping stone to give people experience? Yeah, I think so. I think I remember when I first played at Cardiff, I played for Wales after about four or five games. I just, you know, just got thrown in. I think that's sometimes the only way you really see the true metal of these young players and and if they're good enough. And I think I've said before, consistency is key. So if they, they keep playing and playing, you, you don't just become an international players player within one or two games. You know, it's going to take a number of games. It's tough, obviously, because we're at the start of the Six Nations and a lot of those boys have only played three games. So they're not going to be absolute fully-fledged international straight away. It's just got to be a bit of patience. And the more 
time that they have in those environments, you know, like the Viva Stadium away and games like that, the better they're going to get. You've had a hard year and congratulations to you for battling back because things weren't coming easy. In a way, is that go back to the beginning of your career? You talk about a few games at Cardiff, sevens before that. You had an official route into professional rugby. Does that sort of help you try and eke it out as long as you can? Yeah, I, I feel good. I, th- I feel good mentally. I think I, I don't. I was saying to the boys, I don't think I've been as excited to come back and play a game than I was the other week. You know, I was absolutely buzzing. I was up the walls in the house. Uh, I was doing my my missus heads in my, my missus head in. To be fair, so yeah, you know, I, I've still got that hunger. I think obviously having that time out has probably given my body a bit of time to uh, recover. And you know, I played a lot of lot of rugby lot, for a long period of time, but I still enjoy it, mate. And I feel good now. My body feels good. And I still feel like I've got an awful lot to give, I guess, which is what, you know, why Toby's put faith in me and obviously put me in for, for the weekend. Strange you spent the last year planning for the future while also trying to delay that future as long as you can. Yeah, exactly. This is what I keep saying to all the youngsters. I think this is, especially rugby nowadays, you, you definitely do need to plan. I've been planning for years, you know, in terms of trying to figure out things I like uh, or want to do and, just trying to dip my toe into it as much as possible. And then it'll come to a point where I decide what I want to do after I do finish rugby. But at the moment, I want to play as long as I can. I feel good. And uh, yeah, I'm just enjoying it. So, plenty more to come from Alex Coffey, it seems. That's it for this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Plenty of build-up to the French game next week. But until then, goodbye. Goodbye.